guys, I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and you're listening to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I'm the chief creative officer, a motivational speaker, and a life and business coach at a company called Rayma Team. I'm also thriving in the face of a life-threatening illness called cystic fibrosis. This weekly podcast is a series of real-life stories and conversations meant to encourage you with hope and more importantly, equip you with action steps to transform your life, your career, and your relationships. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. Hey guys, before I dive into the next episode, I wanted to tell you guys something. So Rachel and I were hanging out one day and we had a thought. Wouldn't it be cool if we could hang out with you guys every Monday night for the rest of 2020? We think so. We would love to give you some coaching each week and some insight and basically a weekly Monday night pep talk. That's what we're calling it. So join us every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Central Time for a free 20, maybe 30-minute conversation with your coaches, myself and Rachel Perman from Rayma Team. This is for all busy professionals and growth-minded individuals that want to climb higher this year and just need to get some weekly motivation. So go on over to raymateam.com forward slash Monday pep talk and register so you can get the call details and the recordings if you can't make it. Again, that registration link is www.rayma.team.com forward slash Monday pep talk. We can't wait to spend every Monday night with you. Okay, grab your coffee and let's dive into this episode. Hey, hey, Overcomers, I am so excited for another episode with you, and I don't think I've ever started out a podcast episode like that. Like, you almost made me want to say, hey, hey, with the monkeys. Anyway, I am in rare form today because I've had a day full of some amazing interviews and conversations with guests, so let's dive into today's guest. I have so much respect and admiration for this lady. She is a change maker in our community here in Bismarck, North Dakota, and in our state. So let me tell you about Ashton Hoff. Ashton is a visual brand designer who's passionate about community and creativity. After starting a photography business in college, her zeal for entrepreneurship has only grown. In 2017, Ashton founded MakeWell, a community for makers, and in 2019, she co-founded The Good Kids, a brand collective that helps scale businesses to six figures. Most recently, Ashton also developed her product, Evertide. The three-month planner designed for lady bosses combines your to-do list, schedule, and mindfulness so you can organize everything in one place. Those are all of Ashton's accomplishments and her conversation around the idea of uh, creative is a mindset is, is something that I hope you enjoy. I hope it inspires you. It sure inspired me. So let's grab our coffee and take a listen to my conversation with Ashton. 
All right, Ashton, thank you so much for being on my show. I'm excited to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a good day. (laughs) You're welcome. It's kind of a dreary day here in North Dakota. So it's a good day to sit at home and have an interview in our in our comfy homes. Yes, with tea. (laughs) Yes, with tea. So I was thinking that maybe you could just share with my listeners some of the things that you're passionate about so we can get to know your your heart of creativity. It's it's one of the things that I really admire about you. So you go ahead and share share your passions with us, Ashton. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I all of my passions kind of center around commu- community and creativity. Um, so that kind of takes different formats throughout my life, um, but I think it stems from a childhood of creativity. And then um, I went to school to be in graphic design, so I have that kind of design thinking always in the back of my mind as I conquer life, as I conquer challenges. Um, and I, I didn't expect to be as as passionate about community until after college. Um, that kind of really kind of burst within me. I mean, I'd always loved hosting, um, loved having friends over, but it really took on a new shape after college when I kind of found a problem and decided to solve it. So, so I think that's one of the the really cool things about your story is that what you're doing now was birthed out of kind of finding a solution to mm-hmm. a problem that you were having. Um, can you share a little bit about what that challenge was for you and how it it became a mission? Yeah, definitely. So I'm a Bismarck native, born and raised, love being here. Um, but when it came time to pursue what I was passionate about, which was design, I, I knew I needed to go out of state to get my four-year degree. And so I landed in Minneapolis. And when I was there, I really got connected to communities. Um, there's a group called AGA. Our class size was really small, so we could text our professors whenever we would want to. Um, it was just really small or large. There were always options for community and getting together with like-minded people. Um, and when Down the line, I met my husband in college, and when I was looking back at, you know, what are my next steps, what should I do, um, I did find an opportunity in Bismarck to do graphic design, and so I was elated because everything was aligning, Um, but I I knew in the back of my mind that I might be losing a little bit of that community, so when when I moved back home, in 2015, I was like on a mission to find my people. (laughs) I wanted to find those people that I could talk with about design, whether it was like from a graphic design standpoint, or even like a carpenter, just because I know that we kind of have that same mentality when we're creating things. Um, So I kind of, you know, tried to find those people groups for maybe like a year or two, um, tried to do some collaborations with people, um, just really try to give it my best shot. And at the end of the day, I still felt like I was isolated. I felt like I was kind of on my own ship, doing my own thing. And I just never really found that tribe of people. Um, So from my co-schedule days, that's where I worked at the time, um, I had learned how to test our ideas, which has been super important since in my life. Um, So I was super nerdy about it. And I sent out a survey to some of my close friends and fellow creators that I did know about. And I simply asked the question, like, do you feel isolated as well? Um, And questions pertaining around that. 
And it was this overwhelming response that I was not alone. I wasn't the only one feeling like this. And not only that, but they were so tired and sick of feeling that way that they wanted something to happen. They wanted to kind of solve that problem. So at the end of the survey, I kind of asked, who who wants to help me? Who wants to be on my team? Um, and so there were four people that stepped up with me, and together we tried to tackle how do we bring people together How do we avoid this isolation that we all feel? And from there, that's really where the idea of Make Well was born. Oh, I am. I'm just sitting here like loving this conversation because (laughs) I've been there. Like if I would have known you then and filled out that survey, I would have totally been in the same boat. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs feel in every field at some part of their journey. And sometimes I think we isolate ourselves on purpose for a season to kind of test out our material. I love that you, that you do that, by the way. Um, (laughs) That's something that we have always done at Rayma team. And when we were big blue couch coaching and I Mm -hmm. think it was good, but I think we spent so much time testing that we Mm -hmm. kind of isolated ourselves and we didn't know what was out there. And I think we had heard about Makewell maybe a year ago, but okay. um, it wasn't it wasn't something that was on our radar very much because we were trying to do our own events at the same time. Totally, so it's been really fun to take a step back and be like, "What's happening in this community?" and learn more about what it is that you're doing because I think I think we line up a lot on that um, growth minded. Um, journey that we're on. And I, I've just really come to love everything that you guys are doing and just kind of watching you on social media mm-hmm. and out in the community. So can you share with people, we have listening, we have people listening from all over the world. So can you share yeah. what make well is and how, how your vision for it has either changed or gotten stronger since you started? Sure. So commu- er, <laughs> community, community, <laughs> uh, make well is a community for makers. Um, and it's our mission to help people do what they love, where they love. Um, and we're in the Midwest so that naturally we gravitate towards Midwest makers. Um, so we host events, we have programs, we have online activities where people can really gather in community in all shapes and sizes so that we can tackle that isolation and really leave a legacy for generations to come to do the same thing. Um, so that's that's kind of in a nutshell what Makewell is. It's our fourth year. We just had our fourth annual event. Um, and I think I think the passion for Makewell, or at least the mission, um, has definitely grown since the beginning because when we started this, we thought it was just going to be one event. Like we really didn't go into it thinking this is going to be an organization. This is going to be something that we continue with. Um, We just wanted it to be one event to experiment and see what happened, but it sold out and instantly everyone was, when's the next one? Can you do this in my community? And so suddenly we were flooded with all these questions and decisions to be made. And so we gathered as a team and, and we said, you know, if, if the community is this committed to, um, this event, then we're going to be committed moving forward. 
Um, so every year we get together and we kind of have that same conversation of where are we going and what the direction is. But I think every year that we move forward, we see it growing and we see more people impacted and we hear those stories. And so that's really what motivates us to keep going. So um, I think it's definitely grown. I think it changes. You know, I think your mission transforms over time. Um, but I think the heart and the passion is still there. And what's what's really interesting is that you are reaching people across generations with this. It's not mm-hmm. just 20-somethings or 30-somethings. I mean, I see the people that have been impacted by it, and they're all across the board when it comes to age range and industry. So mm-hmm. what do you think is the main common denominator that is attracting all of these people? <laughs> yeah, I think... The common denominator that brings us together is that we create um, in some format, whether it's a side hustle, a hobby, full time. If we're trying to scale our business, I think what brings us together is that we're trying to create. And naturally, when you're trying to create something, I think that brings a lot of um, obstacles and seasons of life that we can all relate to, whether you're building a desk as a carpenter or you're taking photos as a photographer, there's similar things and there's similar obstacles that you go through when you're in that creation process. So I think that's really the glue that brings us all together. And creation has no age, which is the brilliance of it, is that you can be a five-year-old finger painting or you can be a 60-year-old making a new business for the first time. Um, so it's, it's quite, it's quite a cool community because you get all of those ages and every single person has a unique perspective to bring. So the conversations are pretty dynamic. That is a quotable phrase right there. Creation has no age. I had to write it down. (laughs) I'm like that. I'm turning that into a photo for Instagram (laughs) because I think that's beautiful. And I think sometimes as adults, we forget to feed that creative part of our souls. Mm-hmm. I know I have had seasons where I just forget about being creative because I get so focused on something else. And that's been one of the the best things over the last couple of years is realizing, okay, my creativity comes through writing music or singing music or writing books or mm-hmm. designing something in Canva that's for social yeah. media. Like sometimes that's my introverted way to be creative. Mm -hmm. And it just feeds a part of me. And so many people I have met through, through my entire life, they'll shut that creativity off, especially in hard seasons. And that's when I think we need it the most is when we're struggling. Yeah. I think I do believe that creativity is like innate within each and every one of us. And unfortunately, I think what happens is in school really early on, you learn whether you're artistic or not, right? Because either you can draw or you can't. Mm -hmm. And and that kind of stays with people that artistic is creative. And to me, they're totally different. Artistic is, you know, you can aesthetically draw in in a pleasing way, or you can, you know, do all these other things with fine art, but being creative is more of a mindset. Being creative is problem solving. It's thinking outside the box. And so I think we limit ourselves at such an early age that when it comes into our adult years, it's not even like a question if we're creative. It's not even like in our mind. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like put in the box, it's put away. Um, so I think to give ourselves the permission to feel creative and to start small, mm-hmm. um, 
even for us creative professionals, how can we use creativity in a hobby format that brings us joy and life outside of how we pay our bills? I think that's all super important. Mm -hmm. My husband and I are creative in very different ways. I'm more of the creativity with words and art, and he's very creative with well, he used to be a builder, so he's okay. built homes, he's built furniture. He is also creative with sound. So he, yeah. full-time, he works for a company where he puts in um, AV systems for okay. commercial buildings. And as a as a hobby, and one of the things he does here at Rayma Team is he edits podcasts. Well, nice. he is very picky about it. And, um, in a different way than I am. And I've had to learn that that's his way of being creative. Like that's his art. And Mm -hmm. he wants to make sure that that's portrayed in a professional sounding way. And I don't Mm -hmm. have the same ear that he does for that, but I think it's interesting and, and so important to learn that creativity is different for everybody and we all have it. It just looks different. Yeah, yeah, we put it into this box in school. And I, I really wish and I haven't been in school for however many years now, but I do hope that the future of our education kind of expands what that box is for creativity, because I think that's going to be our greatest asset moving forward. I mean, we always talk about innovation. Well, you can't have innovation without creativity. Mm-hmm. So if we don't teach that in our kids from the start, then we're really losing out on some of our best, our best presidents, our best artists, our best you know, you name it. So. Absolutely. So Makewell is just one of the things that you have going on when it comes to your repertoire as an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, you also have a an organization called The Good Kids. So can you mm-hmm. explain a little bit about what that is and how that came to be? Yeah. So The Good Kids is a collective of um, brand designers and we have an office in downtown Bismarck on Broadway. And that kind of stemmed from a similar situation that Makewell did. I kind of found this problem in my own life and then asked others if they were feeling the same thing. So I, I reached a point at my my full-time job at CoSchedule where I just wanted to have a greater challenge and was kind of seeking um, more variety. And I loved my job. I really did. I loved my coworkers. I love my team, um, love what we were working on, but I was just kind of ready for that next step. Cause it was my first job and I was ready to tackle something new, but I knew I didn't want to work from home alone as an introvert. I knew that I would settle into that way too easily. <laughs> and I wanted, and I love the aspect of having a team where you can get feedback and critique and really just ask those questions whenever you need it. And so um, as I was thinking about what that would look like, I thought about, hmm, you know, if I could have three to four people around me every day, who would those people be? And so those three people are literally the three people that are at the Good Kids today, because I approached them one by one and just said, hey, I'm looking to, you know, take the leap into full-time design. I want to specialize in branding. Um, You specialize in branding. Would you want to join me? And so those conversations happened and thankfully they were all in different stages of their own career or in their own business. And it just was made sense for each of them. So we've been there for a year now and love our clients and love the work that we get to do. I think it's fascinating because we used to be neighbors when we had our office downtown. (laughs) And I remember Rachel and I were walking across the street one day 
last, like probably a month or two after you guys had moved in. And we're like, what is the good kids? That looks so fascinating. And it wasn't (laughs) until a couple months ago that we learned what it is. In fact, I think it was when you spoke at the Women's Business Summit in, weren't you on the panel for the breakfast panel? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really when everything that you have been doing really came on our radar and we started paying attention. And Mm -hmm. it's just been so fun to watch. And you're a great example of how people in the same industry can collaborate. I think that is something that doesn't always happen well in a lot of different industries. I feel like the coaching industry can be very competitive sometimes without meaning to. Sure. And and just being able to watch how how the creatives are starting to collaborate, it's an inspiration and a model for the rest of us on what does that look like? How do you do it? And how do you, you know, connect with all of these people? And I think it really comes down to getting rid of that mindset of competition. Yeah, I think, and at least with Makewell, it was an early kind of core value of community over competition. But since then, it's grown in own life and the people that have been involved in the Makewell community. So when it came time to going out on my own, my first thought was, how can I collaborate? You know, so if you kind of adapt over time and have this mindset that suddenly is now the way that you do grow your business, the way that you do propel forward. Um, It's more of this idea of, you know, the rising tide brings the ships forward Mm -hmm. together. Um, And it is tricky. It's not always easy collaborating with others, especially when you're both talented, passionate people that, you know, love what you're doing every day. But I think that's kind of the, the that's a good challenge, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's worth fighting for because um, they say like iron sharpens iron, like you move forward better because of it. And so it's not always easy, but I think it's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's, let's talk about this product that you designed this year. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I have been a planner nerd since I was in high school. So for the last like 20 some years, I am, I'm such a planner nerd that I will make a day out of, like I used to get the Franklin Covey planners and I would get them every December for my birthday for the new year. And I would just sit down practically in the middle of Christmas and just start putting my planner together and grab all my pens. And I would be made fun of because (laughs) my dad would be like, I've never seen somebody get all into your planner like you do, but I loved it. And so you have created a product that really changes how planners work. And quite frankly, I think you have positioned yourself in line with some of the top planner designers for people that have planning and personal growth all in the same all in the same place. Mm-hmm. So great job with that. But I want to know a little bit about how it came to be because one I think this story is inspiring to a lot of people, but also I I love how much thought you put into it and how you leaned in to learn from other people of what to do and what not to do. Yeah, so I call this business or this planner, my surprise child, <laughs> because as you can imagine with Makewell stuff and good kids stuff, I mean, I have, I have enough work on my plate. Um, but I am also a huge planner nerd have always been one and it's kind of taken different shapes, um, throughout the last five years as I navigate, you know, being a full-time designer, a wife, um, a community builder, all those kinds of things. 
Um, so came come time for Christmas around this year, just like you said, I was like looking for my planner and I had tried three to four different ones consistently over the past couple of years. And I was always like 90% happy with them. They were really, really good, but there was always that like one or two things. I was like, I wish these would work better together. So I was at my couch with my husband and I was kind of needing that feedback. So I listed off all my pros and cons for every single planner. And he just looked at me kind of dumbfounded and was like, Ashton, why don't you just make your own? And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I should do that. (laughs) It was just this instant aha moment. And I instantly went to my computer. I designed the daily spread, which is kind of the heart of the planner in probably an hour time because I just had it within me. Like it was in my head. I knew exactly what I wanted. So I just put a pixel to paper, I guess, and and made it happen. So I was excited about this planner being a planner nerd. And I posted about it on Instagram the next day. Um, and I, to my surprise, I had so many people say, can I buy this? Are you selling this? All these sorts of things. And I was super surprised, had no idea, didn't see that coming. But from my other endeavors, I was like, you know, there must be something to this. You know, if there's that type of reaction, it kind of took me a step back. And so I quickly jumped into business, business mode and I put together a beta test group for the month of January quickly put a test planner together for those people, mailed it out. And really from that group, I was able to make the decision if I should move forward or not, which thankfully I did. And thankfully now I get to order that first batch of planners, but that's kind of how it got started. So what was it like to walk through the process of putting together basically a pre-order campaign? That That's kind of what you did, right? Yep. Yep. So what was that like for you and, and where did you learn what to do. I think in in my experience as as a coach, when I've helped people build their business or start a product or do something, that's their biggest uh, stumbling block is what do I do? And then they kind of sit there without making a decision because it's almost like they have like paralysis because there's so many people they could tap into that they don't know who. So how did you keep moving forward with that? That's sure. That's a great question. I, well, I made a list. (laughs) I always start with a list um, of all of the things that I needed to learn about so I could figure out what the pricing would be, what the process would look like so that I personally could decide if if this is something that is even tangible for me to try to do. (laughs) So it started with there. Um, I had a conversation with a couple in town to decide if it was even a, like a unique product to to pursue and to move forward with, um, kind of talked about fulfillment options. Um, we had a conversation about fulfillment and shipping because I knew that I shipping products is a whole new world for me. Um, I had to do a ton of research on finding a print shop. So really, I just made a list of all of the kind of tangible logistical items that I knew would be involved, but I didn't know how or when or, you know, who I would need to go through to get them accomplished. And I just kind of had a conversation today to kind of work through that list so that I could make that decision if I should move forward. Um, Because you kind of want to know like what you're up against before (laughs) before you fully dive in. Mm -hmm. Uh, At that point, I had a pretty good feel that I wanted, like I believed in the product itself, 
but there's so much, there's so much outside of the product that's involved. And I didn't want to be like ignorant to that. So it was just a lot of asking questions and a lot of leaning on other people that have already done it. There are so many tangible things that you just shared that anybody listening to this can really take and apply to whatever it is that they're trying to move forward in. I think that's one of the the things that they teach you that like in network marketing or in sales, mm-hmm. like write a list of all the people that you know, and then go talk to them. And yeah. this isn't unlike that. Sure. You yeah, know? I, yeah, I had inklings as to who would be an expert in each of those areas from my time with Makewell. So that's where Makewell is also a blessing to me, you know, just as it is to everyone else, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was able to use those connections. And what I've learned through any of my projects or businesses is that people in this community specifically want to help and they want to see you succeed. So like, I've never been turned down. I always ask like, you know, can I buy you coffee or can I trade you this value, right? So they're not getting taken advantage of, but everyone wants to help. And so they're more than willing to get together and share their knowledge, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. That, that is something that I think is available to everybody in every community they're in. If they just have that mindset that there's going to be somebody who's willing to help. And especially if you're the type of person that is willing to help them. I love I love how you said, you know, can I trade you this value so you don't feel taken advantage of? I think that is something that a lot of people could start applying and probably shift the the reality of what's happening in their life pretty quickly on the type of people they have around them. Yeah, yeah, I think um one of the people I look up to, Greg Tivian and Fargo, he always says that you should have a give first mentality. Um, So if you give first, which I guess ended up happening with Makewell, now it's cool to see it come back. And I'm just so appreciative when that happens because you don't even really think about it now. It's just like, okay, how can we both win together? And with that mindset, it's just, it's dynamic. Mm -hmm. So what is the name of the, the planner? Oh, sure. So the name is Evertide. (laughs) It's a three-month daily planner that brings together your to-do schedule or your to-do list, your schedule, and mindfulness to the same same place so that you can have it all in one. One of my favorite things to do is watch how you are marketing this on social media. You do an amazing job on social media, by the way. Oh, thank you. That's something that I've never, <laughs> I've never been educated or took a class in. So I, that's really cool to hear. <laughs> so, you, so how did you, how do you know what to do? That's a question that we always get asked from people. Yeah. And one of the things we tell them is just start watching the people that you are drawn to and do what they do. And so mm-hmm. how did you learn to do what you do? Because you're, you're so good at it and you make it look so effortless, but also you have a lot of cross connecting that's kind of happening as well. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I've picked up a little bit. I mean, from the design world, you naturally get hired to make graphics for a lot of social media content. So naturally I've followed along and kind of know how to make the visual side. That's kind of where I am trained in. And then being a part of the co-schedule team, Um, I was on the marketing team as a designer, so I got to see how the team did it. I got to see how our customers use it because we also, um, our customers were marketers. And so I think naturally I've just seen so much social media marketing that I've started to learn 
what works, what kind of doesn't work, that sort of a thing. Um, so it's kind of like what you said, you just have to pay attention to what other people are doing and see what would work. And I think for Evertide specifically this time, I have a very specific niche audience, which I think is important when you're doing any sort of marketing is you have to know exactly who you're speaking to. You need to know what they're wearing, what they look like, you know, who they follow. So that's made it really easy to kind of have a focus with Evertide um, because I feel like more so than anything else that I've done, it's so specific that I feel like I can speak right to the heart, which is what you want in any sort of campaign. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am I'm totally like learning from you right now because I'm thinking, <laughs> oh yeah, that's good stuff. Um, <laughs> it really is. And I think I think it's for one, everybody listening to this should go follow you um, on social media. And the other thing is what where did you get the idea to cross connect on your platforms? Like you have um, you have, you know, takeover days on Makewell. You have kind of the same thing happening with Evertide. And mm-hmm. is that something that you put a lot of thought into? Do you ever have fears around it? Um, walk us through kind of that thought process. Sure. So I've always debated, you know, because the question of if you should keep your your content and your stuff all in one account or do you separate them or all that kind of stuff. And so far I've in the boat where you separate them just so that you can get specific and customized in each of those spaces. Um, and especially because they're not, they're not just me, right? Makewell's a mm-hmm. community, Good Kids is a collective and Evertide is really a product. And so I've kept them separate intentionally. Um, but it's been fun to apply basically everything I've learned so far to Evertide. Um, and one of the things I have seen is that t- people love takeovers. It grows your audience. It grows their audience. It gives everyone new content. People love seeing a face. I think we love watching stories these days way more than we pay attention to the feed. And so it's just a way to be real and honest and vulnerable with with our audience. And so that's something we just started our first Lady Boss takeover for Evertide yesterday. Um, and that's something that I did get to learn from Makewell. Um, so it's been fun to kind of pull on the things that I see working, but also simplify them because I've also learned, you know, what is worth my time and what's not worth my time. And really, that's just a matter of practicing and practicing and practicing so that you can learn those things. And and to practice, you just got to start somewhere. So that's probably the biggest encouragement is just to start. Mm-hmm. That is something we we go over that in our online coaching university where so many people are so scared to start and they keep wanting to know all the answers to all these little questions that you won't even know the answer to until you start. You won't have enough data to make an informed decision. And I love that you're such a great example of that, of testing it out, try it, practice, see what works, go back to the drawing board. And that's really what it is. I think so many people are looking for like a surefire recipe to succeed in business. And if you want the surefire recipe, it's practice. That's it. Just practice and test it out. Yeah. And I think you have to be open. Well, testing is huge, right? So like, I think when you do start, you have to realize that you can start small because you can use that test as an example to move forward, right? So you don't have to go from one to 100 right away you can start and go to one to 10 
you know, and use, use those lessons before you take that plunge to go mm-hmm. all the way to 100. Um, but I think one thing I've learned is that you have to be open and even seek out other people's feedback and not be scared of it, right? It's, it's so easy to be attached to something that you make or you create or you produce because your heart and soul like is invested into it. Um, but if we're not, if we're not separating that, we're never going to truly listen to the feedback that we get, or we're not going to seek it out. We're going to be like, Oh, well, nobody, nobody gave me negative feedback. So it must be great. Well, (laughs) did you actually ask them for that? Like, did you Mm -hmm. ask them what their least favorite thing was about it? Um, so you just can't be scared for that, you know, criticism and critique and feedback. If, if it's intentional, like it would Mm -hmm. be, it's going to be a positive experience, whether it's a negative piece of feedback or not, because if you need those lessons to make something great. Mm -hmm. You do. Oh my gosh. I'm reading this book right now about, um, how to be a great presenter and a communicator from, Mm -hmm. um, from the viewpoint of being a TED talk speaker. And that's something yeah. that is a goal of mine. It's my second year trying, but this <laughs> year, last year, I just wanted to do it and, and say, okay, I know what it takes to meet these parameters, but yeah. this year, I really want to have a chance at it. And I have had a lot of hard critiques from some people that have a lot of high expectations and it's only made yeah. me better. Mm-hmm. And it's also taught me how to, self-critique in a way so that I can start to get better at some of the things that I don't necessarily need somebody else to tell me if I just pay attention to where, where are my weak spots? And I think that's something so many people are afraid of because they're afraid of getting hurt. They're afraid of the truth. They're afraid of so many different things. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you can't make anything great if you're not willing to take positive feedback. Yeah. And I, for me, I, if you're into Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram one, which means I'm constantly either like feeling guilty or feeling like I'm doing the right thing. (laughs) And so, and I think we have a little bit of that in each of our lives. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it's been realizing that not everything is so absolute, right? It's not like you're a complete failure or you're a complete success. Like there is a lot in between that. And just because one area of your life you know, you have room for improvement doesn't mean that the nine other things aren't amazing. So I think just giving us the freedom to realize that there's multiple aspects to who we are and what we make and where we want to go, that gives us the freedom to quote unquote fail, because then we're more open to it. You sound like a very confident person. And it makes me wonder, (laughs) have you ever struggled with confidence in your creative life or in, in even the road of being an entrepreneur? Oh, yes. (laughs) I think every entrepreneur at some point feels isolated or lonely or almost like stupid in a way, just because you've, you can do all those things, right? You can start small, you can test it, you can revise it, you can whatever. And sometimes it still doesn't work. Like you can literally do all of the right things and sometimes it still won't work. And so those moments are super challenging. And I just had one like literally last week where I just kind of reached the end of myself and was so emotionally exhausted and was just like, ready, ready to throw it all away. (laughs) But that's really where you need 
your tribe of people around you. You need your supporters to remind you like, nope, this is just one part of yourself. This isn't everything, right? To kind of be your voice of wisdom in those moments. Um, Cause it's failure is a part of it. Um, and nobody's perfect. Nobody's a hundred percent confident. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we put on this confident front cause it's almost demanded of us, especially on social media. This is like the ideal life that everyone looks up to and everyone thinks is the new rich is what they say, but it, it can be, it can be a challenge and it can be a roller coaster. So having those people in place is huge. Amen to that. <laughs> it's, <Yeah. laughs> it's so true. So, okay, two final questions. The first one yeah. is where can people connect with you? People can connect with me on Instagram. My handle is Ashton Hoff. It's my first and last name. And then my website is ashtonhoff.com. Awesome. And then the second question that I always love to end a podcast with is if you were a shoe, what would you be and why? <laughs> so I bought this winter, I bought some um, Sorel boots and they're like my favorite thing. So I would love to think that I would be a Sorel boot um, because it's, it's aesthetically beautiful, which I really appreciate, but it's super functional. I can wear them in all seasons, which here in the Midwest is super important. So it has that practicality, which to me, that is what design is, is it's that combination of being beautiful, but also functional at the same time. Oh, I love it. I'm going to have to go look them up now because <laughs> I'm such a, a shoe person. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Ashton, thank you so much for being a guest today. I, I really appreciate what you've shared from your story and just your outlook on life. I know it's going to be very inspiring to all of my listeners. So thank you. And I wish you well with everything that's going on. Thank you. I'm sure it'll be a long journey ahead, but it's, it's a good one. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. I'll be back with another episode for you next week. But for now, if you would take a moment and write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that would mean the world to me. I also want to give a shout out to my very handsome husband, Mr. Nate Anderson, for editing this podcast. For more information, go to www.ramateam.com. That's www.raymateam.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under the name Ms. Mandy B. Anderson. Oh, and one last thing. I hope you heard something today that gave you the courage to rise up and overcome that thing that you've been facing. You're stronger than you think. I'll see you next week. <laughs>